Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Today's episode is called Brave, Honest, Beautiful. I don't know if you guys heard the song. I had not. If you're a Fifth Harmony fan, this is a song that they did with Megan Trainer, And it just fits the topic for today's episode, so I went with it. But I have to say, I mean, I almost didn't pick this one because uh, Camila Cabello, like, or however you say her name, her voice was hella kind of annoying, I think, when she was part of that group. It became more tolerable when she went solo, but in this song especially, like I kind of cringe on her part, but it fits. Today's episode, I'm interviewing uh, Sarah Yarborough. She is the reigning international junior Ms. Tennessee, and she reached out to the podcast, and I'm so glad she did. It was a pleasure speaking with her and, you know, hearing about her platform of domestic violence, especially in younger teenagers, like younger adolescents, which I thought was a pretty interesting based on the stats that she shared in our interview. I thought she was brave to share her story, very honest, and she's gorgeous. And I'm wishing her a lot of luck in the upcoming pageant. Um, It's just like pageant season right now. I don't know if you guys have noticed. So that's today's episode, but we have so much to discuss for Cheer Chat. I hope you guys are doing well. If you're in a place that's going back into lockdown like Seattle, uh, Washington State's back under basically the same restrictions that we were when this whole thing started. So got my Costco order tonight and, you know, just trying to take it with stride because what can we do, you know? Thanksgiving's next week and I don't know what you guys are up to, but I'm hoping everybody stays safe and just stocks up on food and alcoholic beverages. I'm kidding, but not really. Well, let's get started because there's a lot to discuss. I want to thank everybody who participated in the poll because I think I'm going to do that every week. Just kind of talk to you guys, figure out what your pulse is, what you think about certain things as things come to my mind, because as you guys know, my brain just keeps on going. But when I posted about the Super Bowl halftime performance um, being the weekend and you guys pretty much thought like not who you'd have picked. Somebody wrote in, I feel like it was Natalie from Blazers that basically said like the best idea ever, which is Miguel. I love Miguel. And he would have been such a better like performing artists, you know, a much better catalog that's like uplifting. And I don't know, I'll share my two cents on the weekend. I'd like his music, like I have to be in a mood for it, but I just feel like he's always like just a little too mellow and just like he's singing about a relationship that went left and how he can't trust women again. And so I don't think party, Super Bowl halftime kind of thing at all. And have they even had Pitbull like as a halftime show? No, he would have been great. They're still in Florida, I know it's not Miami. I think he performed with Super Bowl last year, but either way, like they could have picked somebody else in my opinion. But that led me to thinking about Pro Bowl and realizing that they're not going to have a game, um, even though they will be voting for the football players to um, be selected for Pro Bowl. It just made me think, well, what about the cheerleaders? Are teams still going to select cheerleaders to be representing their teams for Pro Bowl? So anyway, thanks for everybody who wrote in. Danielle gave a great suggestion of just getting some ideas from you guys about what what they should do about Pro Bowl, you know, like 
we're creative. This is our community. I feel like we've, you know, as a podcast, have definitely tried to celebrate Pro Bowl cheerleaders every year. I've traveled down to good old Orlando for Pro Bowl just to be able to share with you guys what the experience is like and just celebrate the women that were selected. And, you know, I feel like we still should do something, but it was really interesting to hear from people. There were, I won't call anybody out. This is all confidential, but I was surprised to see a lot of the Pro Bowlers, like former Pro Bowl cheerleaders that mentioned that they didn't think that they should have it. And I'm sure it's probably just because they know how amazing the experience is and what they're missing out on from it not being the typical Pro Bowl experience. Um, But a lot of people said that they thought we should still do it. Personally, I think we'll just have to get creative. Like we're in Rona land for at least another, I don't know, I don't even want to speculate, but it's not going away, right? This virtual space that we're having to live in is, I won't say here to stay, but we got to work with it and we got to be creative and find ways of connecting and celebrating and doing things that we would somewhat normally do. I think if we just bypass it thinking, well, do it when you can have things be back to normal again, I think it's probably missing the mark a little bit because I don't think things are going to be back to normal soon-ish. You know, they are having the Super Bowl somehow in Tampa Bay, but some of the thoughts that were coming in from people were just that maybe at a later time when people, when it's safe to gather, that you can try to do something to celebrate the Pro Bowl cheerleaders where they're able to gather in person and have the experience that they would have had at the Pro Bowl game. So while they wouldn't, you know, be able to cheer the Pro Bowl game, they can at least get together and celebrate and take the photo card and all those different things that they do. I mean, I'm probably not summing it up very well, but you get the gist. There's a lot that happens during that week. And if they're going to do the Super Bowl, I'm sure they're going to still do a lot of build up to the Super Bowl. And of course, they will probably incorporate Tampa Bay's cheerleaders, whether or not they are part of the Super Bowl and each team that's competing, obviously they're cheerleaders, but I don't think anybody would mind if they kind of had the Pro Bowl cheerleaders snuck in there and did certain things to celebrate the Pro Bowl cheerleaders at the Super Bowl. That's a thought. Lots of good comments. I tried to share them out and just give some devil advocate kind of like thoughts and response to it. But what are you guys thinking? I think, you know, we all know it's a huge honor and it won't be exactly fair and it won't be great. I just think we should still celebrate like the same way that teams have come together to have a season it's all vets for the most part it seems like for some of these teams that have you know gone through the auditions process it's been a rough year so they should like do something to celebrate the team that they've assembled and gathered getting through 2020 pick a dang on pro bowl cheerleader we'll figure out how to lift whoever that is up and celebrate them in a digital way i mean you could have like somebody mentioned a highlight reel of all the dancing and like So you get a flavor because honestly, for me, that was my favorite part of Pro Bowl was actually seeing the big pregame number that they did where they called up each girl and she got to the 50 yard line and just went and shredded her stuff and did like one eight count. So it's not really like a highlight reel, but I love that part. That was all I wanted to see. Like, let me see a little flavor from each girl. We might have men in the Pro Bowl, who knows? But like, I would love to see something like that. And you can put together your own little concept video highlight reel of the Pro Bowl cheerleader showing their stuff a little bit. That's a good part. And you can definitely Photoshop the heck out of of the amazing photo card that Lindsay photographs. I mean, that makes my heart hurt just knowing that she won't be able to do that because that's iconic, right? But, you know, maybe there's a way to kind of create a really cool photo card that it shows all of the cheerleaders in there. And, you know, we could just get creative. I promise I'll get as creative as I possibly can to promote 
whoever selected as pro bowl. I mean, obviously, I'm just speculating. I don't know if these teams are like, duh, we're going to pick one. But I was just curious what you guys thought. I love the dialogue. And you guys had a lot to say. So I shared the results. I kind of forgot what they were. But overwhelmingly, people did want to see Pro Bowl cheerleaders selected. So let's hope that that tradition stays intact. Can you imagine? It's just like, granted, this is the year 2020 where everything went to crap. But, you know, you have the Pro Bowl cheerleader each year. And just imagine if this is just a gap year and two cheerleaders selected for the following year. Like, we should just keep it pushing. Speaking of keeping it pushing, what happened to the uh, Charger girls, you guys? Who knows really, really like what happened to the Charger girls? When I was thinking about Pro Bowl, it made me realize they didn't really select the team. And if they do go forward with Pro Bowl, you'll have 25 Pro Bowl cheerleaders, but one missing from the Charger girls? Like, what's up with that? Y'all know you can give me the tea. Whether I share it back out with everybody is completely up to you if you want to stay anonymous or it's really top secret. I am a vault. This is like Fort Knox up in here, but I'm just curious what happened. I've heard some things, but I would love to hear from you guys like what really happened to their season. It's a shame. It's really, really a shame. And speaking of another team that I'm kind of like, what the hell, as I was doing my NBA survey of like, what's going on with auditions? We'll get to that in a minute. But the Phoenix Suns dancers, their Instagram is like disabled. If anybody knows what could be possibly going on with that, please let me know. I was super excited about following the Suns during the NBA dance team playoffs. So I like them. I thought they were pretty good. Anyway, I was shocked when I didn't see an Instagram account for the for the team. And I hope it's just a glitch or some rebranding. I don't know. But if you know what's going on with that, too, let me know. All right. Next topic. NBA dance team auditions update. So you guys know I do my research. I looked at every single NBA team, their Instagram, their website, etc. to see what activity we have on that front because the NBA season is starting December 22nd, which is like tomorrow. They're having the draft technically tomorrow. Oh, somebody said that they merged accounts with the Sun's main Instagram. Why would they do that? Where'd they do that at? Interesting. They had a huge following. Mm, That's interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Well, they better post about their girls once they have a squad and have a season. But back to that, the draft is tomorrow. And, you know, typically there's like months of preparing, you know, people who are selected in the draft and negotiating their contract. They're like going through all of these like training, conditioning. Pre- there's usually so much that leads up to the start of the NBA season and it is going to be major league condensed. And so that also means, you know, the NBA dance teams are probably if you haven't gotten your auditions underway yet, then there's only two or technically three now that have you're going to be under a tight crunch, too. So, you know, as I was looking and just thinking about what the NBA season is going to even be like, you know, here we go again with like NFL stuff. They do have a shortened season. It's 72 games and they hope to have fans at stadiums at some point during the year. But it's like for right now, they probably aren't going to have fans when they start on the 22nd. So that makes it a little sticky for the NBA dance teams, I'm sure, to try to plan around of whether they're going to have a team if there's no fans and maybe they're going to do what the NFL did and not have the, any performers on the court. So then where in the arena are these dancers going to perform? So the, all these same questions all over again that we just went through with the NFL. But it looks like it might very well be something similar for NBA. If you have more Tina than that, let me know. But from what I saw, we have the Atlanta Hawks dancers. I think they were first to go through auditions in September. And then the Honeybees had their auditions last month in October. 
And then just yesterday, it looks like the Detroit Pistons dancers kicked off their auditions process. So I don't know, it looked like a Zoom link on the application form. I'm not sure how many rounds or how they're going about it. Like I know the Honeybees had like a, an in-person camp. Some of it was virtual. NBA auditions are a lot different. I mean, I think they require a lot more like, let me feel you out. You got boot camps, you got all kinds of things that are happening. So we'll have to see. But everybody else's page was pretty quiet about an announcement about auditions. Some of them said coming up soon, you know, in terms of posting more information. The one thing that was really sad and it was very tactfully done was the Laker girls, they posted just a very well-reasoned, um, empathetic post about not holding auditions for the NBA season. It kind of left it open about whether, you know, they might be taking vets. It didn't. It wasn't clear. They just said that they weren't going to hold auditions and that they really enjoy people coming out every year to, to try to be part of the squad and just out of respect for what's going on and just wanting to care for everybody's safety, blah, 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 that they were not going to hold auditions. So... Let's hope that's not the trend that we see, but I'll be providing updates as soon as I find out about things. You guys know I'm one person, so if there's something on social media, you guys are great about sending it to me, but definitely keep me in the know so I can share it out with everybody else. You know, in the meantime, hopefully people are continuing to take classes. There's so many options. I try to share out what I see in terms of prep work, but you guys keep dancing Keep your body right. Stay in the mindset if that's your goal to make an NBA team. Just stay plugged and be ready because I'm sure it's going to happen hella, hella fast. So that's the update on that. Let's see. What else did I want to talk about? So I'm trying to make sure that everybody knows that the podcast is also about other sports as well. It's not just NBA, not just NFL. But I saw that the San Antonio Spurs hype squad, which I don't know a lot about, they don't have a big presence online, but they had auditions and I guess picked their team. So hopefully they'll pump up their social media presence. And because I know that they got rid of the silver dancers a long, not a long time ago, but a few years ago now. And it seems like it's a little mix of like the dunking and the break dancing and the dancing entertainment kind of squads but I also saw that the Allen Americans Ice Angels just selected their team they had it in person they had you know a video montage they had portions of it where they were wearing their masks some without it but they got through their auditions they had a judging panel and whole nine yards and then who else I feel like there was one other team that I thought I wrote down but the point is I'm trying to report out on other opportunities as well because you guys know it's it's also semi-pro teams and just other opportunities to dance out there. So if you guys are listening, you tag me in anything that you post as well so I can share it. Out! DCC virtual auditions captured in the making the team. I know I go back and forth on whether I watch the show or not, but it starts November 24th next week, next Tuesday, matter of fact. And for some reason, I kind of want to watch this time. Kind of. Oh, somebody said Vegas Golden Knights just made their team for hockey. Thank you, Danielle. Girl, you might need to be a little co-host here, <laughs> giving me all these jewels. Um, so yeah, hockey must be going full swing because like the Allen Americans did there. So I'll be paying more attention, doing more research and um, reporting on other teams that are forming and, and sharing out congratulations and just kind of seeing how they're handling their seasons too, because all of it is going to be instructive as to what they're going to be doing with sporting events. So, so anyway... DCC's making the team. I'm probably going to watch. There's a couple girls from Washington State that I even saw. They're like featuring each girl doing their solo or whatever they submitted for the uh, virtual auditions. And they even have Kat smack dab in the middle of their promo shot. So 
I'm just curious after this summer with everything that was going on and the feedback that it sounds like went to Judy and Homegirl. I can't think of her name. Why don't I know that woman's name right now? I'm not a big making the team person, but I just feel like there's been a lot of feedback just based on everything that's been going on. And I'm curious to see if any of that makes it into the show. I'm curious to see how they handled the coronavirus in their bubble. So I might just watch. I might watch, might talk about it. We've never really done that on the show. I don't know why, but I think we're probably going to discuss. Judy and Kelly. I knew it was another E. But anyway, I think that for the most part is like the update for Cheer Chat. And like I said, the poll of the week will definitely be continuing on. There are just some different topics and issues that I've always been curious what you guys thought about. So I will definitely be putting those questions to you. Thanks for participating in advance. You guys can always, you know, write in longer responses if it's like a question issues that you guys want me to cover as well i'm happy to hear from you this episode like i said is different for me because i'm not you know very knowledgeable about pageantry and all the different um, organizations that you have but again just very moved by this young lady and you know when i think about quarantine and just uh, article headlines that i would see from time to time that the numbers of domestic violence incidents and unfortunately deaths are on the rise because people are you know kind of more or less trapped in their homes with you know abusive um, partners or husbands i mean you know it goes both ways but it was something that kind of stuck with me and when she reached out and learning about her platform it just really made me think that this happens to young people, like kids that are in high school. And I know that one of the articles that I was reading was just that there's not as many touch points for people who might be suffering from that because they're not going into the office at work where they might have, you know, talk to someone or share what's going on with them at school and things like that. And so I think it's just a very important topic. I thought she was very brave to just kind of talk about some of the signs that led up to her realizing that she needed to um, step away from that relationship. And I just think that it's just something to think about, right? I mean, try to stay in touch with your friends or people who might seem like they are, you know, struggling because we're we're kind of all hanging in there, but we don't necessarily know what some of you might be going through within the four walls of their home. And again, our whole conversation was not about this heavy topic, but I just really appreciate her reaching out and sharing her story with the podcast. And, you know, I'm excited to, to share it with you. Well, welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast, everybody. I have Sarah Yarborough with me today. She is the International Junior Miss Tennessee, and I would just like to welcome you to the podcast. I'm going to hear all about your cheerleading background and your wonderful platform as a reigning Miss Tennessee. So welcome to the show. How Thank you. you. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Really yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So this is the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You're the first reigning title holder on this show. So Woo-hoo. yes, let's start with pageantry and then we'll get a swing into your background in cheerleading as well. But let's just give you all the props for winning and how you've been impacted by COVID with, during your reign and just kind of what's next for you in the competition. Let's see. Well, I started competing in pageantry when I was 13 or 14. I'm 28, actually, and it just blows my mind. But <laughs> um, yeah, I started with competing in the Miss Tennessee Teen USA system. Okay. I got first runner up both years that I competed there. And I took a little break and then I tried the Miss system. So I did the Miss Tennessee USA system. Um, I was a semifinalist for several years. 
2015, I was the fourth runner up to Miss Tennessee USA, Kiara Young, and she was actually a Titans cheerleader. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. But um, let's see, in this past October, I competed in the International Junior Miss pageant, and I won the Tennessee Miss title. Um, and with that comes with the international pageant that's now going to be held in December in Texas instead of originally playing like July 4th. But it's okay because okay it gives me more time to prepare. Um, and those are all different systems that I've competed in. But I was also Miss Tennessee United States in 2017. And I placed top 16 in the nation at the national pageant. Wow. Now, these are just huge, huge accomplishments. I wish I could compare it to like the pro cheerleading auditions process in terms of numbers. But how many people compete in the competitions to even have it drill down to the to the reigning title holder the first year i competed in miss tennessee teen usa there was 80 girls and i got first runner-up so i was like really really close to winning and then the next year i think it was about 80 as well um but typically the years that i've competed in the usa system it varied from like 50 girls to 70 girls and when i did miss tennessee united states i think there were about 15 people in my division but then of course when i went to the national pageant all 50 states are represented and plus dc and in the international pageant i'm competing in in december we have people from the bahamas we have people from the virgin islands australia south africa so there, there's a lot of people that are going to be there and it's a really well-known system so I'm, I'm expecting that there will be several people in our division Awesome. Well, best of luck to you. We'll have to keep us posted in terms of how you fare out. So what's the process going to be like because of COVID? I'm assuming they're postponing it to kind of allow it to be in person. Like all of the international people were having issues with like getting their flights to actually come down right because, you know, they banned, they had the big travel ban, so they couldn't even come to the United States. So I think and they're hoping that with it being in December, more things will be lifted and they can actually have everything in person. But we have, I know for our state, we've ordered masks just in case. And I know I packed my Germex and got all my stuff just in case, you know, Mm because when we get down there, I'm not really sure how they're going to practice the guidelines because I'm hoping that it'll be a little bit back to normal by then. But um, I know that several pageant systems that I have followed that have competed within all of this have been following the guidelines with like wearing masks and making sure they're doing like the social distancing and all that good stuff. So, okay. But I mean, no virtual pageants happening, right? Like there's, <laughs> no. um, I mean, we've been uh, going to virtual auditions and I'm kind of, <laughs> I couldn't imagine just being able to convert everything virtually. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You need that just that, you know, that feeling that you get when you're performing and you're in front of people and being on stage, it just brings that little bit of extra umph and a little bit of extra right. confidence, you know? Absolutely. So what have you been able to do with your reign? I think it usually entails a lot of appearances and things of that nature. So are you fully able to enjoy your your reign? No, not really. But you know, because um, our kids got out of school in March. So everything where I live closed down from like March up until the beginning of July. So I really couldn't get out of the house and do anything. You know, I'm too scary to go anywhere and do anything anyway. But um, just a lot of things have gone virtual, which it makes us more comfortable. Of course, it's not the same because I thrive on like human interaction and I love like interacting with people, which comes with being a coach and being on UCA staff because I got to interact face to face and one on one with them. But, you know, we're just we're doing the best we can with, <laughs> with the current situation. So 
A lot of virtual appearances, probably, I would imagine. It's not the same, but like you said, making the best of it, keeping a positive attitude about it all and not pouting. I think I went through so much. <laughs> yeah, I definitely went through a pouting phase because <laughs> I couldn't go to my favorite restaurants and I couldn't do the things that I normally do because I'm a very routine person. So uh-huh. when I got out of my routine, I was like, I don't, I'm not liking this. I don't like this one bit at yeah. all. Well, you mentioned your background with UCA. So tell me about your connection with cheerleading you were a cheerleader in college is that what I saw yes I cheer collegiately um, I cheered at Austin Peay State University which is in Clarksville Tennessee um, it's a division one large co-ed school that competes in the NCA division but uh, I know that was kind of weird because like I was on UCA staff but I competed NCA and everybody <laughs> like every time I would go to cheerleading camp they'd be like don't you do UCA and I'm like, yes we're not gonna talk about it like I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. And they would always try to convert me to do NCA staff. And I'm like, that's that's my love. I grew up on UCA. I started going to UCA camps when I was eight. And I went every year up until I was 18. So being on UCA staff was something that I always dreamed of and something that I always wanted to do. And I did it for eight years and I actually gave it up last year and I'm kind of still not over it. Um, I miss being in my blue polos and being in my in my UCA uniform and actually going to camps and talking to all the kids and teaching them. But, you know, the great thing about social media is that like you get to actually watch them grow up and you get to actually kind of stay connected with them mm-hmm. that way as well. There was actually one young lady that I met a long time ago. I think it was back in 2014. Um, we had a camp at the University of Tennessee and we just like clicked and mm-hmm. I just kept keeping up with her and she went to MTSU. No, she went to the University of Tennessee to cheer. And then last year she made the Tennessee Titans cheerleading team and I was so excited for her. Ooh. And then this year she's actually on one of the posters that they use for promos and I'm so, so thinking happy for her. Being able to see these girls like live out their dreams that they actually tell you, like when they're like a sophomore, I want to cheer at UT. I was like, girl, let, let's be honest, you're not going to want to come to UT. You're a sophomore. You're going to change your mind by the time you're a senior. Right. You know, <laughs> you're, you think you know what you want to do right now, but you don't. But she stayed with it. And yeah, I've just been able to like watch her as a Titans cheerleader, especially seeing how like with professional cheerleading, everything is shifting and we're actually getting into the actual cheerleading part of it mm-hmm. and not just the dancer part. So being able to see the worlds merge is really, that's really interesting to me. And I like keeping up with that as well. Cheerleading has just changed my world in so many great ways. I just, between cheerleading and pageantry, I don't think I would be who I am if I didn't have those two different worlds. Wow. And just seeing, like you said, how they collide is really beautiful. So did you ever consider a pro cheer? I did. I talked about for about two years that I wanted to be a Grizz girl. And I'm just such a, such a ball of nerves. I just, I don't know. I'm a, I said that I would go after it at least one time. And of course, the year that I said I was going to do it, Corona. The darn Rona, man. I know. The year that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And I wasn't going to tell anybody because then if I didn't make it, I didn't want to be like, what was a disappointment? Because I'm only an hour from Memphis. I live in Jackson. So I'm like, that Kimmy's not that bad. Like, I could do that like once or twice a week. And then I know they don't dance at every single game. So I was like, I can make this work. Like, this can be a thing. But yeah, coronavirus. Maybe next year. (laughs) Well, I mean, it will be good, I mean, for things to calm down. I mean, Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how NBA even picks up in terms of teams going back to playing in their home arenas. And so there's so much up in the air. So to even go through the auditions process and not really know what kind of season you're going to have. 
And see, that's my struggle right now as a coach because I still haven't had been able to have my high school cheerleading tryout. I, mean, I don't want to like have a tryout and pick a team and then break their hearts and like not be able to have a season. But yeah, yeah. hard for being a coach, you know, you get to deal with all the hard things. So how long have you been coaching? I've been coaching for three years officially. Okay. Mm-hmm. High school student. Yes. <laughs> I often get mistaken for one of them um, <laughs> because I look so young. <laughs> well, that's great. Just to be able to, again, continue your passion. So are you doing both your all-star coaching and then the high school coaching? Right. They both have a heart. It's hard to pick and choose. That's like my breath of fresh air. That's my rejuvenator because, yeah. you know, you build that bond with the kids and like <laughs> they kind of have me down to a science and, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm pushing my passion into them. Yeah. And they can see that I'm not just there to be like, I'm there to be your friend. Like, yes, you can tell me all your dirty little secrets. Like you can spill the tea to me. Like you can do whatever you <laughs> want to do. But at the end of the day, I'm your coach and I'm going to push you to be the best cheerleader that you can be. Yeah. Um, but high school is kind of hard to do that because, you know, they're so sideline based and they're like, we don't want to stunt. We don't want to do this. We just want to cheer. And I'm like, listen, being a cheerleader means you're well-rounded in all of these aspects and not just one. So, mm-hmm. and, but also with the high school girls I'm like you're a student athlete so you're a student first I'm stressing the importance of like making sure your grades are up um, making sure you're attending class and paying attention in class and that you're not getting in trouble in class because another thing about the school that I coach at is it's an academic magnet school so they take all honors classes because it's like the college prep school um, and there's 100 students per grade and they only take 400 overall in the school um, so it's like I really need you to be focused on your schoolwork before you're a cheerleader because those things like coincide and like that you're actually a leader as well you're not just somebody who's walking around in the top in a skirt and getting into basketball games free and getting the sideline view of what's happening at the basketball games like there's a purpose behind that uniform there's a purpose behind what you do beyond mm-hmm. what beyond being on the sidelines and cheering that they're like you need to focus on what you should actually be doing like your entire role and not just one aspect of yeah. it and that's kind of hard to get them to understand but now the girls that I've had for a while, they're like, okay, now we finally get it. Like we get why you were trying to put and why you try to push the into us. I'm like, yes, because cheerleading only lasts for a certain amount of time. Your body will expire, sis. You don't understand. <laughs> like, your body is going to expire. Your joints are going to start to hurt. Once you get to college, it's a whole new world. So I'm trying to prepare you not only for college, but like for life in general. So pushing, also giving them those essential life lessons, trying to teach them how to communicate and be on time and how to present themselves as young ladies, the, the small things yes. that, that, you know, you think that teenagers would get. But with social media, it's so hard to, like, break that barrier of, like, well, they're doing this on TikTok and they're doing that on Instagram. Yeah, but no, no. Uh-uh. I mean, I have two teenagers now, which is so hard to say that out <laughs> loud. Um, my daughter's 13 and my son's 15, but... I know that they consume it, but just that level of influence, I haven't really had to kind of have that head to head where it's like, I don't care what's happening on TikTok and, you know, Instagram, like this is a real deal, but it's just the reality in the world that we live in where it's just an alternate universe that I think people think that is real. And it's like, that's, I don't know, that's a a challenge that I would imagine bumping up against a lot. And if you're working with high school students, especially more power to you, because that definitely (laughs) some patience and just pushing in the right way right where they're hopefully not resenting you for it but just appreciating the overall message at a certain point of like this is why she was pushing 
Yes, because yeah. I've even gotten messages from girls who graduated for like two years ago or three years ago. My first set of seniors that they're like, thank you so much for teaching me this, Coach Sarah. But because you pushed me and because you taught me this, I feel like that helped me get to where I am right now. And I'm like, Those are the things like you didn't appreciate it then, like you said, but now like it makes sense and it's starting to click. I was just waiting on it to click and I was going to keep pushing you until it clicked, you know? <laughs> it has to be so rewarding. That's, <laughs> that's what it's all about for sure. Um, so take us through, how are you managing all of this? You've got pageantry, you've got your coaching, you have a full-time job. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to count it all up and I'm like, okay, how is she, <laughs> how are you balancing everything? Uh, lots of planning. I live by my planner. Um, and like I said, I'm a very routine person. So I have to plan everything out because if not, I will just be going like crazy and never give myself a break. But that's one thing I have learned. I have to allot myself breaks. Like I have, there has to be a week and I'm like, no, I cannot do this. I have to stay at home and I have to rest. Like, no, I cannot have practice today because I need to stay at home and I need to rest. Like I just need a me day because there have been times where I've felt so overwhelmed especially when I was going to school because I just graduated actually last year um, with my bachelor's degree and okay. I was commuting an hour one way and an hour back every day to go to class. <laughs> that was a lot. Wow. Um, in addition to coaching the all-star team and the high school team. So I had to do a lot of time management, but also I utilize my team moms a lot. So I have like team moms, they're so helpful where if I can't make it, if I know I'm going to be like, I'm like, hey, can you watch until I get there? Can you make sure everybody's present and accounted for? Um, I don't do captains. I have a leadership team. So I'm like, leadership team, make sure everybody's on time. Make sure everybody has this, this, and this, and this. If you're on the leadership team, that means you're like, you have to step up majorly because you're not just a captain. Yeah. You air quotes because I hate the word captain. Yeah. Like, it's a leadership team because one, it's making you realize that you're a leader not only on in your school, but like on your team. You, I picked you for a reason, you know, there is something about you that like just stood out to me in a way that I'm like, yes, I can depend on her if I need her to do something. And it's a team because it's not just you making the decision by yourself. Yeah, last year I had five people on my leadership team. You got four other people that you have to consult with and four other people that you have to actually talk to. So y'all are constantly working together. So it's teaching you how to work with other people yeah. and work with other personalities as well. And it works out very well. And so I just, I do a lot of juggling. I'm a woman of many hats. I spend a lot of time in my car. That's a lot of my me time, but it also like gives me the time to just like contemplate and like think things out and I get a chance to talk to God, you know, just ride in silence if I need to, just decompress because you need those moments sometimes. I fully agree with the me time. And I think especially with the Rona and just either you've gotten busier in some weird way from working from home or you filled your life with a bunch of things because you weren't sure what to do with yourself. But carving out that time for a break is super, super important. I didn't usually struggle with that before, but I feel like I've had to find my way back to like, nothing's happening. Like I'm going to be <laughs> okay with not doing a darn thing. And it's, it's so necessary. Otherwise you're just- And I have really bad anxiety. So like the moment I start to feel overwhelmed is like kicks in really, really bad. So I have to mm -hmm. try to keep myself from getting to that point where I'm like, okay, I'm really overwhelmed and my anxiety is really high and I'm not feeling like myself. And I feel like all oh, the whole world's about to crash down on me. I've learned that I have to give myself that time whenever that happens. And I, I'm not a big fan of when that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't, we don't need it. We'll just- yeah. Listening to your cues and um, and just knowing your body, knowing your 
capacity for just a certain amount of stress. I think it's key, uh, especially now, I, I would say just to understand those signs of when you need to slow down and shut things out and just do you for a minute so that you're, you know, functioning and not going crazy. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about, um, I was really moved by your platform that you selected with your reign, with a focus on domestic violence awareness. So I wanted to give you the floor to just talk about why you chose that and what's your message to, I don't know what you call it, like followers or like just <laughs> your subjects. I don't know how to describe it. Um, let's see. Well, I chose my platform from personal experience. You know, like as you grow up, this is one thing I've realized. As you grow up, like your focus changes and you, your thoughts start to shift and you start to grow up and mature because when I first started, I was like, yes, I can talk about bullying because that's something that I personally experienced that I can talk about firsthand. And then as I got older, I was like, okay, now you're getting into college. Like you're getting real life experiences. What else can you talk about? And I was like, well, I'm still getting experience in bullying. So I can actually talk about that. And then around 2015 mm -hmm. is when the light bulb went off because I was actually in an abusive relationship. Um, and after I got out of that and I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. as a public figure, you're like, I'm not supposed to be one of those people that has to deal with bad things in life. Like, people think that everything that happens to me is good. I can't taint my image with something like this happening to myself. Like, everything has to be positive and glitter and sunshine and rainbows. Like, it just, these things don't happen to me. And I always thought, even growing up, you know, like, this is going to sound real bad, but like watching like BET and Lifetime, you're like, oh, uh-uh, I would never deal with that if a man put his hands on me, and I would never deal with that. And so, and I was like, yeah, um, so about that. It kind of happened to me. Um, and just recently, I've gotten to the, to the point where I can actually talk about it, mainly because I finally got over the shame that comes with being a domestic violence survivor, because, you know, people have that well, why would you stay if you knew that he was doing this? And why would you endure this? And I'm like, you know, it's one of those things that you can't really talk about until you've actually experienced it. For sure. But also being a public figure, you know, I'm like, I have a responsibility to tell my story and I have a responsibility to educate everybody else on these things because not everybody knows the signs because I didn't know the signs because it didn't immediately start off physical abuse. It started off with emotional abuse and manipulation yeah. and... Um, verbal abuse. I guess one of the first big signs, big red flags was it was my senior year of college and he was like, I don't think you should cheer. I just think that cheerleading is a waste of your time and I think that you're past that and I don't understand why you would want people looking at you in that crop top uniform and all these like different verbal things that were going off. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I'm getting old. Um, I don't really want to do it no more. It ain't fun for me. I was talking myself out of it, but knowing that I actually, like I wanted my senior year, like I since I was a freshman, I thought about what my senior night would be like, you know, I'm like, okay, my senior night is going to be fun. Like, I'm going to get my uniform and a shadow box. Like, I already had my pictures posed and everything. I, I had everything all planned out. But, you know, it's one of those things where you also, you live and you learn. It's like I said, it didn't start off physical. But once it got to that point, I was like, okay, now I actually have to do something about it. And, you know, you keep trying to cover things up because you're like, you don't really want anybody to know. Um, I didn't really talk to anybody about it. I became very recluse. Um, I lost a lot of friends. Uh, it actually brought on a lot of depression and anxiety. That's one of the things that really flared it. I technically got diagnosed with anxiety when, in 2011 after my dad passed away, but it was one of those things that really didn't flare up until after I experienced something like this because I didn't realize how much I was internalizing and how much mm -hmm. I was just 
like swallowing everything that was being told to me and everything that was being done to me and not doing anything about it, just kind of sweeping it under the rug. But I will say it did take a lot of courage for me to leave because it was really serious to the point where he was like, yeah, we're going to go look at engagement rings or we're going to get married and we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And I was like, whoa, I'm not ready to do that yet. Mainly because I still have things that I want to do. Like, don't forget that there are two people in this relationship and not one person. That's when I learned what a narcissist was and how easily influenced that I had been even before the relationship with people being like, we should do this, we should do that. Um, that was one of those triggers to me that was like, okay, you're letting people influence you way too much. You need to take a step back and think about who Sarah is and what Sarah wants to do and what Sarah likes and what Sarah doesn't like. Um, because I lost a lot of my control. And even when I left, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, what do I do now? Not because I didn't know what to do, but because I literally just didn't know what to do. Like I, I lost my sense of purpose. I lost every my passion for everything because I had become so withdrawn from everything and I was majorly depressed. I didn't want to do anything. So I was like, I mean, like, what do I do now? Like, I don't have, I don't have everything that I was falling back on. It also made me realize how much social media and how much society glorifies things like this that happen because it was one of those things where it was like he would do this, but he would gift me with this. So I was like, you know, it's okay because I'm still getting things that I like. I'm putting like designer things and all these different gifts, you know, that would kind of try to be like, this is my apology to you. But like, I you never actually received an apology because the real apology is a changed behavior. Right. Like I said, being in the position that I'm in, I just, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to let young girls know and even pattern girls know that we're not exempt from anything that can happen to us, especially in regards to domestic violence or losing a parent or experiencing bullying, whatever it is, like we're not exempt. Just because we have a crown and sash and we have a title does not mean that we don't go through things. Like I said, it's our responsibility to speak up and let people know that like, yes, you see all these things on our Instagram and this is our highlight reel. However, these real things in our life are happening. Right. So just stepping up and being that person that actually speaks out about it. Like, even when I got in my new relationship with my boyfriend, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, is he going to, like, do this? Is he going to do that? It was very hard for me to, like, break down those walls of, like, all the hurt and all the um, mm -hmm. memories and, like, not be triggered by, like, the small things that would happen. And just letting myself know that, you know, like, it's not your fault. You didn't know that this was going to happen. You were kind of naive. It's okay. We're all naive at some point. But, you know, the most important thing is that you didn't let yourself become succumbed by it and you didn't allow yourself to continue to deal with the abuse. You actually did something about it. Even though it was hard and you didn't think that you would ever get over it, you think you would ever get out of it, you did it. And that's the, that's the most important thing. And now it's your responsibility to speak up about it. I think that is so incredibly brave because... Thank you. It's just like this just shedding that shame around going through that experience because I think you're so right that there's so much talk about what you do if you were in this situation or that situation and you really can't judge until you're in it, number one. And then I think you made an important point of just how gradual of a process it is. I mean, every situation is different, but it, it's something that's very, I won't say methodical, but I would think in terms of just it's like it was a step by step yes because you know everything started off so good and then it was just like the little things would happen and then the little things became bigger things and then those things became even bigger things and then it just escalated to the point where I was like okay no I'm done I cannot I can't do this 
Well, but Jean, being willing to talk about it and share your experience, especially you had a, um, something that you posted. I was just jarred by it, but just the, the stat about 1.5 million high school students actually experience domestic violence before they even reach adulthood. And that's just in one year alone. And, you know, with your role of working with kids and who you could be touching with your message just so that they understand. Because when you're young and impressionable, oh my gosh, that's when like any kind of negative, unhealthy, toxic relationship, you don't really necessarily even have the faculties about you as a young adolescent to even recognize it, deal with it, et cetera. It's just something that was really like, whoa, that's, that's quite a sad. And because you're still learning yourself and you're still going through the process of like maturing and you're going through, that's a major, that's a major time in your life. Like you said, where you're very impressionable and you're still learning the ways that life is supposed to work. So being that young and experiencing that is, when I saw that too, I thought that was a very crazy statistic. But like I said, it goes back to social media and society glorifying these types of behaviors instead of, you know, like teaching young women how they should be taught and how they should carry themselves, which is why, like, even as a coach, I feel like that's my responsibility to kind of step in and be like, hey, so I know you don't see that now, but let me like kind of try to teach you that that's not a good behavior that you should be tolerating. Yeah, so important. I mean, it's stuff that probably being hidden from their parents or people around them because they don't want people to necessarily know what they're experiencing, but to the extent they confide in you or you're able to see the signs or just kind of see what's going on and just, oh gosh, that's just so powerful because it's life-saving. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, gosh, I don't want to get all emotional, but it's just <laughs> scary how how far it can progress and how quickly sometimes it can. And I just think um, it's just such an important, important message. And it's, I applaud you for being willing to take that on. Cause like you said, it could be something to just not expose so much of yourself in doing so. And I just think it's a very, very brave and important message that you're sharing with people. I appreciate it. No, I love that. So, I mean, what's next for you, I guess? So we have the competition coming up in December where you'll be competing internationally, but what else do you have planned up your sleeve? You wear so many hats. I'm just curious what your plans are. <laughs> well, I just relaunched my YouTube channel, which I'm very excited about. Um, actually, kind of going back to that conversation, that's one of the things that he was like, I don't, th I don't think you should do that. Like, I think that that's bringing too much attention to yourself. It makes you look like you're attention hungry and, you know, just all this. Things. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, I... I don't know why I'm doing this. He made me delete my Instagram, delete my YouTube channel, all the stuff that I was like, these things make me happy. Like, they bring me joy. Like, I actually enjoy doing this. He was like, no, I don't think you should do it. So I deleted it. But anyways, I'm very excited about relaunching my YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Um, but also, I just signed my contract as a model with MMG Model and Talent. And I also signed a modeling contract with Hannah Noel Models. So those are two things I'm very excited about because that's actually the whole reason why I started pageantry. I never really wanted to be a pageant girl. I just wanted to be a model. And somebody was like, you know what? You should do a pageant so then you get on stage experience and like interview experience. So then you like are extra prepared when you actually start to model. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Then I got bit by the pageant bug and I've been competing for almost 15 years now. So, <laughs> so um, that was the whole point of me doing it. But I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping that that brings about a, a lot of great opportunities. But of course, with the Rona, I can't fly to New York for a little while. But hopefully everything blows over soon so I can actually like get this, get this ball rolling because I'm really excited about that. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. 
we're just gonna get through this year and then I just feel like it's just gonna be a breakout for everybody of all the mm-hmm. things that we've been kind of building towards and like you said and looking at it is just more time to prepare more time to take care of yourself and just keep working and chipping away at those goals I love your spirit about it because we can't really do anything about it or you know we can pout only so much and then it's just like, <laughs> like you know just shaking it off and keep keep grinding and then right some point the world is going to open up again so that so then when the world opens back up you're ready you haven't been sitting doing this whole corona i called it well my pastor calls it the corona reset so it's giving you time to like get your life together and make sure that you know you're you're focusing on who you are and growing into who you're supposed to be so then when all this is over you're like okay i'm good i just pick up where i left off you can you know you'd be better than you were when you went into the reset so i like that Corona reset. Corona reset. I've been calling Rona all kinds of horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your time today. I mean, you know, it's been great getting to know you and I love your message and look Thank forward you. to all the exciting things that you'll be doing. Every episode, and it's been so weird. I mean, P.S. for the podcast, um, because of the Rona, things were just thrown off completely and the topics were ch- had changed dramatically. We were just talking about just keeping up with everything that was going on. But I want to bring it back because it was fun. It was just a drop it like it's hot segment where it's just like a lightning round of questions. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm excited. Cool, cool, cool. Let's see. Okay, what's your reality TV show obsession during the Rona? Reality TV show. I don't really watch it, so you can pass if it's not your thing. I don't really watch reality TV shows, but if I had to pick a show that has just been my go-to, it's Greenleaf. I love Greenleaf. Okay, see, I've not watched that. Is it you really that good? It's so good. Okay. This is like the final season, and it was too much. I was too emotional for this. I got too emotionally attacked. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. But it was so good. All right, what's your favorite emoji? Ooh, I think my favorite emoji is the glitter emoji. Okay, what actress would play you in your biopic? Now I'm staring at you like, who do you I, Now I'm like, who? <laughs> okay, when I was younger, people told me that I looked like Rihanna. But I think if I had to pick, I cannot think of that girl's name. Okay, did you watch Hit the Floor when it was on MTV a long I time ago? I did. Why did I just Google that the other day? Oh, okay, I love Hit the Floor. I love, but love Not it. Taylor, but okay. the other girl. The light-skinned girl that was, like, really mean. Yes, I can see that. What's her name? I know her name. I can't think of her name, but that's exactly what I'm, like, I feel like she would play me very well. Okay. Not that I'm mean. I mean, sometimes my coaching style gets a little mean. But, you know, I just think we had, like, the same facial features, kind of. I can see you know, it. I like, can the same it. body frame. I but, you know, if I did, you know, blow up and I could actually pay her, I would love for Beyonce to play me in my bow, you know. <laughs> And mine would be Sanaa Lathan. Just please play me. But I love her, yeah. I love her too. I was going to say you're giving Zoe Saldana vibes a little no. bit. Oh, too. I forgot about her. Yeah. yeah okay, I, can, I would take her too. I would take her. Name. I know who you're talking about, though. I love Tip the Floor. And I was just Googling it yesterday because I forgot what crap I was flipping through. But I was like, that would be something I would totally binge watch if mm-hmm. I'm going to try you know, to. I'm going to go see if that's on like Amazon Prime or something because I really, me and my best friend were obsessed with Hit the Floor. Yeah. Well, at the time it was just like, so kind of like, it got a little crazy, but it was a little bit at least realistic with the dancers mm-hmm. and like the routines that they were showing. I was so here for it. Okay. So we got that one. Let's see. Favorite place to travel when we could travel. Orlando, because I love Disney and I love Harry Potter world. Okay. <laughs> Favorite childhood TV show? 
Ooh, this is a good one. It would either have to be That's So Raven mm-hmm. or Taina. It came on Nickelodeon and it was about this like little like Hispanic looking girl and she was like into dancing and acting and I, don't know, I love that show. Last one. Let me make it a really good one. Okay. You ready? Yes. Describe an experience where you took a huge leap of faith. I guess one of my biggest ones was when I transferred to Austin P. Mainly because it was going me going to a school where I literally, I didn't know anybody that went there. And I was just like, the only reason I know where this school is is because I competed at Miss Tennessee Teen USA. And that's where they had the pageant. And we got to a free tour of the school. And we were actually there for that pageant weekend. I was like, okay. I like this school. And at the time, I was an education major, and they're the number one school in the state for education majors. And then I went to one of the cheerleading clinics, and I was like, okay, yeah, like, I actually like this school. Like, I could go here, because I'm ready to get up out of where I am. Okay. And transferring there and just being a little fish in a big pond and having to, like, learn who I was and having to learn the way around Clarksville and learn the way around campus. Thankfully, you know, you do have the girls on the team that are like, hey, I can take you up under my wing. Like, you can be my little sis. I can show you around. Um, so I did have that. But doing that was one of the biggest leaps of faith that I did. Also, because three or four days before I was supposed to leave, my dad passed away. So it was like one of those things where I was like, do I stay here with my family or do I leave? And I was like, no, I think it's time for me to like leave and try to kind of try to like create a life of my own especially after having to deal with something that traumatic because I was only 18 when that happened so it's like having to deal with something like that and I was like well, I'm going to a new school like I'm not gonna know anybody and I feel like that was God telling me like this is your time to really establish yourself and to really learn who you are and to step out on faith and just do what you want to do for once you know and not kind of succumb to what you think everybody else wants you to do but also joining the Trillion team, like I said, helped a lot. There were times I struggled, you know, mainly, like I said, just being in a new place. And it was a big adjustment. Also, I only cheered all girl. And Austin P was all co-ed. <laughs> so having to learn a completely new style of cheerleading, especially after going through such a big life event, was, it doesn't seem like it should be a big deal. <laughs> but at 18, in, in a new environment, it was. But that's one of the things I think really pushed me and propelled me to where I am now, especially with cheerleading. Wow. You are awesome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you and just sharing your story. I think it's amazing. And that's the reason I started this podcast is just, you know, being able to have the privilege of meeting different people and everybody has a story to tell. And I know it touches someone and that's what's most important, you know? And I think for people to just thinking of different things that they can do, right? Because I think sometimes you're tunnel vision around what it is that you're set out to accomplish. And sometimes when things happen or life gets shaken up, you kind of forget that there's other ways that you can actually make a difference and continue doing what Uh, you want. You literally just confirmed something. I had a conversation with my boyfriend the other day that like I put myself inside this little circle and I was like, I'm only good at these things. Like anything outside of this circle, I am not good at and I don't even want to talk about it. Thinking about it gives me anxiety. So I'm trying to make my circle bigger and actually step outside my comfort zone with a lot of these things. So I'm so glad you said that because that made me think about something I forgot to ask you about. <laughs> you mentioned um, stepping outside of your comfort zone and you are going to be competing in a Dancing with the Stars in your area. Is that right? <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. When they first asked me, I was like, how can I tell them no nicely? Because I... <laughs> you were going to say no? Because I was like, I'm 
I'm too nervous. I'm out of shape. Like I haven't danced or cheered in years. Like how am I going to do this? But I'm, I'm really excited, especially about the cause behind it because it's held by the Star Center here. And that's one of the places in Jackson that helps people with disabilities, you know, get into the real world. And they help to send them to college and find them jobs and help to accommodate them into the real world. I think their motto is like turning all your no's into yeses. So actually getting to do it for something that's actually for a good cause too. And it's going to be fun. Um, just know I'm coming with sequins. We're going, I'm coming out of retirement. I'm going to tumble a little bit, you know, it's, Oh my I'm coming to win. Like this is a fundraiser, and I'm here for the calls, but I don't like to lose. Okay. So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, really happy, girl. About that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. So is it similar styles where you'll be doing all the different ballroom styles? And well, yeah, I think we, we each get to pick our own style of dance that we're doing. Oh, okay. Um, just know I I can't give out all my secrets, but you know it's it's gonna be good. We don't want to give anything away. There's no rhinestones are coming. That's all. It's all everybody needs to know. As long as it sparkles, I'm good. Yes. Oh my gosh, have so much fun with that. And like really you said, like expanding your horizons, trying new things. I mean, that's what life is about, and that circle can definitely just widen, especially as you grow and mature and, and go through different life experiences. It keeps mm-hmm. growing. So. And then, you know, all these opportunities, like I said, without cheerleading and pageantry, like I wouldn't have any of the opportunities that I have now because I would just would have stayed stagnant and just kept myself in that little bitty circle. But yeah. I mean, my circle has grown. This time has gone on. So we're just going to keep that circle growing. And then more opportunities will hopefully come where I can do more things like the, the real dancing with the stars, you know. <laughs> and modeling and all the amazing things that you're setting out to do. So, well, I wish you the best of luck with everything. And I just thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with everybody. Thank you for having me. Hopefully in December, I'll be coming back with a new international crown. So then we'll have to talk again about those things. And then we'll <laughs> make a video because I want to see the big crown and the sash and the whole nine yards. So <laughs> I wish you all the luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.